Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Epiphany Lutheran Church of Mount Vernon, Virginia. We're a congregation of the Metro DC Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And you can find out more about us on our website at epiphanylutheran.org. Reading from the Book of Ruth. No sooner had Boaz gone up to the gate and sat down there than the next of kin of whom Boaz had spoken came passing by. So Boaz said, Come over, sit down here. He went over and sat down. And Boaz took ten men of the elders of the town and said, Sit down here. So they sat down. He then said to the next of kin, Naomi, who's come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our kinsman Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, Buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me so that I may know. For there is no one prior to you to redeem it, and I come after you. So he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, The day you acquire the field from the hand of Naomi, you are also acquiring Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead man to maintain the dead man's name on his inheritance. At this, the next of kin said, I cannot redeem it for myself without damaging my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm a transaction. The one took off a sandal and gave it to the other. This was the means of attesting in Israel. So when the next of kin said to Boaz, Acquire it for yourself, he took off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses today that I have acquired from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, the wife of Malon, to be my wife, to maintain the dead man's name on his inheritance in order that the name of the dead may not be cut off from his kindred from the gate of his native place. Today you are witnesses. Then all the people who were at the gate, along with the elders, said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you produce children in Ephrathah and bestow a name in Bethlehem. Through the children that the Lord will give you by this young woman, may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When they came together, the Lord made her conceive, and she bore a son. The women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without next of kin, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. 
Now these are the descendants of Perez. Perez became the father of Hezron, Hezron of Ram, Ram of Aminadab, Aminadab of Nashan, Nashan of Salmon, Salmon of Boaz, Boaz of Obed, Obed of Jesse, and Jesse of David. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. We remember that when Mary, who was to become the mother of Jesus, visited her relative Elizabeth, she sang this song. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel, remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The elders of Bethlehem said to Boaz, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. The women of Bethlehem said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a Redeemer. May his name be renowned in Israel. This child shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. And another woman who came to Bethlehem to bear a child said to her cousin Elizabeth, The Mighty One has done great things for me and holy is his name. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. On one level, the book of Ruth tells a classic love story. Boy meets girl, gleaning in boy's field. Girl proposes to boy on the threshing floor. Boy outwits another boy to win the girl, they get married, they have a baby, and everyone lives happily ever after. It's a story that the future King David no doubt heard growing up about how his grandfather Obed was born. A story passed on through the generations in Israel's royal family, and through them to us more than 3,000 years later. Yet one in which we can see people like ourselves, even so long ago, falling in love finding their way to a life together, overcoming their losses and their fears, finding blessing and healing. At another level, as we've seen over these past few weeks, the Book of Ruth, in the written form that we have it today, makes a very particular point in the culture wars of Jerusalem in the first years of return after the exile. In a time of trouble and confusion, when some people thought the main problem was Moabite women marrying Hebrew men and weakening the purity of Israel. The tale is told of Ruth the Moabite woman, great faith and nobility, 
Boaz, the Hebrew man devoted to God's law, to doing right by the widow and the stranger, generous and kind. And the God, who was obviously blessed and pleased by their love for one another, and through them blessed the whole people of God. We see this at the beginning of the story today. The night before, as we read last week, Ruth came to Boaz, named Boaz her redeemer, her goel, the relative who would rescue her and Naomi and restore the family of their late husbands. And Boaz was willing to do it, even though there was one other relative who, under the law, had the first responsibility of being the redeemer. Boaz promised Ruth one way or another he'd make sure the redemption happened. And at dawn, after sending Ruth home to Naomi with food and provisions, Boaz heads immediately for the city gate, where all the town business was transacted. And of course, it just so happens. It's amazing in this story, isn't it, how many things just so happen, as in any love story, how many random chance things just happen to work out as if some unseen hand were bringing two people together. It just so happens that precisely this other relative comes walking by, this other relative who is not named in this story. There are a lot of names in this story. We just heard all those names that we had to read today. Everybody else's name in this story got remembered. This other relative's name has been forgotten. And that tells us something about this other relative, doesn't it? Boaz quickly gathers ten elders of Bethlehem, ten elders being the legal quorum for witnessing transactions like property sales and marriage contracts. And Boaz tells this relative in the presence of the witnesses that Naomi is going to have to sell her deceased husband Elimelech's estate. And since her husband and her sons are all dead and she has no heirs, the relative, the first one to buy in line to buy the farm. The relative says, sure, I'll buy the farm. I'll add it to my own. It's always good to be the biggest landowner in town, don't you think? To have the biggest empire, the most property, the richest farm. Sure, I'll take the land of Elimelech. May he rest in peace. I'll take it for my own. And Boaz says, wonderful. Now, of course, <clears throat> you realize that this means you will have to marry Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Elimelech's son Malon, and your children with her will inherit the property in that family's name, not in your name. You realize, of course, that this is the way the law works. The relative says, oh, you mean this is actually going to cost me money? I'm not going to get to add this land to my family estate? Well, you know, much as I'd love to help, you know, I, Boaz, I don't have that kind of money. And Boaz says, no problem. I'll take care of it. Do you hear the point that the compiler of this story is making to his or her contemporaries in the post-exile community in Jerusalem? The compiler of the story wants us to hear, you can be like old what's-his-face, he didn't want anything to do with marrying a Moabite woman. And if you want, you can think about yourself and your property and maintaining the purity of your line, if that's what you think is important. Of course, nobody even remembers his name. Or you can be like Boaz. 
a true son of Abraham, protector of the widow and the stranger, generous and kind, who did not see his beloved Ruth as some foreign contagion, but as the faithful and worthy and honorable woman that she was. Which of these was a blessing for Israel? Which one did the will of God? Which one do you think God wants you to be like today? And when you realize what was going on in the time when this story was written down, how pointed, almost political, this story was in its day. The Book of Ruth is more than just a love story. It is a love story, yes, but a love story about the kind of love that God wants and blesses. A love that, like God's love, does not respect the lines that human beings draw. A love that is not bound by the expectations that human beings have. A love that is not constrained by fear of the other and of the different. A love that does not put itself first. A love that brings healing and blessing to those who are lost and afraid. That's the version of this love story that makes it into our Bible. That's the version of the story that speaks God's word to us today. Because, and this is perhaps a third level to the story, even though this is a story about people, a story about Ruth and Boaz and Naomi and their family, a story about regular people, ancestors of a king, yes, but still ordinary people, doing ordinary things. But it's also a story about God, about how the elders of Bethlehem, witnessing the agreement between Boaz and the other relative, Boaz's promise to marry Ruth, praying for God's blessing on Boaz and Ruth. And how do they pray? By praying that Ruth would become like the ancestral women of Israel, Leah and Rachel, the two wives of Jacob. That the stories of Ruth and Boaz would become part of the bigger story of God and God's people. About how when Ruth and Boaz have a child together, the women of Bethlehem give thanks to God, and give thanks especially for how this child is a blessing to Naomi. You remember in chapter 1, Naomi returned to Bethlehem saying her name should be bitter because she's lost everything, because God has treated her bitterly, and now the women of Bethlehem are praising God for the blessing and the joy that Naomi has been given, that her days of bitterness and grief have given way to hope for the future. And even though we have no words from Ruth herself in this last chapter of the book that bears her name, the gospel gives us the words of another woman of Ruth's family line, another woman who would also give birth to a redeemer, in Bethlehem, another woman whose being with child appeared scandalous to some. She also gives thanks to God. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And Mary puts what God is doing in her time and in her life within the context of the whole story of what God has done in Israel. He has come to the aid of his child Israel, in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise made to our ancestors, the promise made to Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and Boaz and Ruth and David and their descendants forever. And because we've been drawn into that same promise of God, 
the story of David's ancestors, the story of Mary's and Jesus's ancestors, the story has become our family story as well. And so may we, all of us here this morning, may we be like our ancestors and discover the hand of God working in our lives. May we be like Ruth, courageous, daring in love, faithful and devoted. May we be like Boaz, a person of integrity, seeking to obey God's law even in secret. May we be like Naomi, loved despite our failings and our hurts, finding ourselves overwhelmed by God's unexpected blessings. May the fingerprints of God be all over our lives. May we respond with gratitude and joy. Thanks for listening to our Epiphany Sermon Podcast. You're welcome to join us for Sunday worship online, or if you're in Northern Virginia in person, on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. If you listen to this podcast on iTunes, please give us a rating and a review. It helps other people to find us. And please be on the lookout on Sunday, August 14th. We'll be starting a four-week sermon series on the Book of Ruth. Ruth was a foreigner and a widow who comes to find shelter and refuge among the people of Israel and becomes a source of blessing for the whole people. Her story helps us to imagine what it is to be a community of faith that includes especially those who some voices want to exclude, shame, and judge. We hope that you can be part of this special series starting Sunday, August the 14th. For more information about us, please visit our website at www.epiphanylutheran.org.